0: God, thank you for this time, this uh, gift of your scripture and your word. Use it, Lord, to expand our hearts and our minds that we can be more like you every day we are alive. In Jesus' name, amen. A reading from the book of Amos, chapter 5, verses 18 to 24. Alas! For you who desire the day of the Lord. Why do you want the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light. As if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear. Or went into the house and rested a hand against the wall and was bitten by a snake. Is not the day of the Lord darkness, not light, and gloom with no brightness in it? I hate I despise your festivals, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them, and the offerings of well-being of your fatted animals I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs, I will not listen to the melody of your harps but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 13 to 18 but we do not want you to be uninformed brothers and sisters siblings about those who have died so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangels' call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Our gospel reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 to 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this: Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took the lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You'd better run to the dealers to buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Uh, I'm glad you're all here. I'm glad you can all hear me, Caitlin. Uh, Lucretia, Erica. so glad that you're, you're with, with us. Uh, we continue to witness history unfolding right before our eyes. Times of great shifting, times of great struggle, great strife, uncertainty. These are hours and days like these. We are a nation and a people clamoring for a sense of identity. We're looking for a real self as a country. As a nation, we are experiencing this great existential identity crisis, leaving us wondering who we really are. We're trying to hear the true narrative of our national identity through all the static, the noise, Confusion of political fighting, corporate capitalist corruption. And the good news is that we don't have to figure all that out on our own because the suffering and the shame of Christ on the cross helps light our way and signals to us who we are. So Jesus said, Stay woke. Said, keep awake and watch for the coming of God. Some take the, the reality of the second coming to mean that we are just passively waiting here on earth. We're just biding our time until Jesus comes back. But I think that that way of approaching these scriptures, all of which have this great hope within them is a little misguided well election day is finally behind us as some people may feel like this is some fairy tale ending there was dancing in the streets celebrating all over the world I heard cheers and shouts fireworks <laughs> uh, I I I would say, if I could give anybody any advice, I would say live your life in such a way that if you so happen to be fired from your job, people all over the world don't celebrate it. Uh, But I am sympathetic to the need to celebrate because we've been through some things (laughs) over the last four years especially. Uh, However... We we don't get a, a fairy tale ending from the scriptures that I read today. You know Amos says, "Alas, for you desire the day of the Lord. Why do you desire the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light. Like you escaped a lion, but you met a bear. You tried to sit down for rest, only to sit. On a snake. And isn't that just the way that 2020 feels? Like every time we get through one hurdle, there's another one just a little bit higher than the last. And an Amos God says, your praise and your worship are just noise and I hate it. Hate it. Despise it. I, I despise your music, your praise band. I don't want to hear it. Far, far from a fairy tale ending, even for God's people. Well, that was just Amos, though, uh, but the gospel reading didn't give us much help today either, to be honest with you, as far as fairy tale endings go. In the end, uh, some of these foolish maidens couldn't make the cover charge to get into the club (laughs) and they got left out in the cold. They got locked out of the party that they'd camped out all night waiting for because they didn't have any oil in their lamps. Now These parables always leave us with questions. They often leave us a little uneasy, maybe even a little bit disturbed sometimes. Uh, I know when I have heard this parable, it's always uh, impressed on me. Hey, I want to be wise. I don't I don't want to get locked out of the party. I don't think you want to get locked out of the party. But when we think about this scripture today, don't let that anxiety distract you. You see, Jesus isn't telling this story to instruct us uh, into seeing... Uh, some of us are doing things the right way some of us are doing things the wrong way and the right things are like praying enough and tithing the right amount and if you do those things then you've got oil in your lamp and you'll be ready when the bridegroom comes let's think about it differently instead of uh, because remember whether they're wise or foolish all of them are just asleep and waiting they look the same. They, they, for all intents and purposes, everybody seems to be equally holy. So lay aside the anxiety of, of which camp you belong in. It's not, uh, it's not on us to figure out among ourselves who is who. In fact, in this parable, only the bridegroom Is able to make a distinction between the wise and the foolish, implying to me that maybe the point of the parable, part of the point, is not to give us the courage to judge each other, but to think about who we are as people, as a community. If we focus on the larger book of Matthew in which this parable takes place, we can take away that those with oil in their lamps are those that Jesus called blessed in the Beatitudes, in the Sermon on the Mount. Those with oil in their lamps are the poor, the weak, the humble, the pure of heart, those who hunger and thirst, those who seek justice, of course, those who mourn, And are in need of someone to advocate for them. These are... The wise? To Jesus... The wise are people that you might have assumed were foolish. After all if someone is poor, isn't that their fault? That's what I heard. They didn't work hard enough. They didn't make the right decisions. They did everything wrong. But Jesus said, blessed are the poor. Something very different than many politically savvy-minded people might want us to think. It becomes clear. those the parable calls wise can be identified as the community formed around Jesus that identifies with Jesus, our Savior, a God who became flesh, who became a refugee baby, helpless except for his mother, who, who had no place to lay his head, but was blessed. Those who are wise, the community that forms around Jesus identifies with a God who came to identify with us. And when God did, picked the marginalized, the poor, the oppressed, the outsider, the enslaved, the left behind, the sick, the lonely, the outcast. And so as a community that identifies with Jesus, we identify with those that the world makes to suffer and those that the world doesn't mind seeing die. Now, in that sense, if you really know what the oil is, maybe you, we can call it the power of the cross and the power of God's spirit. And then all of a sudden, calling uh, the, the group with the oil starts to make a little more sense because God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. You see, Jesus is able to recognize us by our sufferings, just like we recognize Jesus by his sufferings. This is why we know that it is in our weakness and our need that God is shown to be strong and able. This is the oil of our lives through which God is glorified, not by our works, or even our profession of faith, but in our frailty, not in our passion for the name or how good of a singer you are or how good of a a preacher you are or how good of of an usher you are, but just in how much you need God. Anybody can say, Lord, Lord, but that doesn't appear to get you in the door. Anybody can pray and tithe and preach and make offerings and sacrifices to God. But none of that helps you really know their heart. Because you can pass a homeless person on the street. Not knowing that their lamp has more than enough oil. And you might know the best pastor in the world not knowing that in the midnight hour, when the bridegroom comes, they'll find themselves without enough to light a spark. How often do people confuse success and blessedness of life that glorifies God? How could those be the same in a community truly formed around the cross, if the cross is bound to lead people to exclusion and suffering, if a community formed around the cross is meant to face trials and suffering, illness, marginalization, and death, then we should be wary of the tendency to confuse success with blessedness. No, we are talking about having a blessed oil, a blessed presence. To be alive and fully alive, living a life abundant, boundless, free and happy. Down in your soul, even when nobody can understand why you would be happy. When nobody can understand why you would still have joy. When nobody can understand why you would be at peace with a situation that's out of control. Because they don't know your whys. We are alive in a way that identifies with Jesus. And that means to remember that Jesus came to identify with the poor and everyone in need of liberation. And the life of Jesus did not have a fairy tale ending. No. You see, our real lives and the real story of our faith is no fairy tale at all, either. It's a story soaked in sorrow, stained with blood. It's a story that's cost lots of people more than they had. How many people died or lost loved ones in the civil rights movement? How many were lost on freedom trails following that North Star? How many were born into slavery to live out their lives as property and passed away? with the dream of liberation still alive in their spirit and the song of freedom, in their last breath. Our culture, even in 2020, it doesn't mind a woman running a household. It doesn't mind a woman teaching Sunday school Raising children. And ladies can have a job. They can work. They can work the same jobs man can. Man can. Man can. They. It's hard to even get it out. It's just it's. Women can work the same. Jobs as anybody else. That's. It blows the mind. They can't make the same wage. And they're still expected to do everything else that women are expected to do. And as long as they don't mind bearing all that burden, well, then they're fully allowed to participate. When it comes to running a business, being CEO, being the senior pastor of a church, leaving a nation, some people wanna act out. Like women, and especially black women, haven't been held back for long enough while being expected to clean up after everybody else. So it was mighty hard for some people to watch our our new vice president walk up on that stage and say the things that she said that that was really hard for some people but it's no fairy tale ending last week we celebrated all saints day Then we had election day, and election day turned into election days. We have so many reasons to reflect on who we are and what we have come through and just how long we have been waiting for the fullness of God's justice to be a reality in our lives, in our communities, in our country. Now, we know that Kamala didn't come out of nowhere, No, she came out of a wise tradition, a a faithful tradition from a community well acquainted with suffering and those who suffer. We know that before we had a black woman for vice president, Rosa had to take a seat so that Ruby Bridges could walk into a classroom in New Orleans so that Kamala could run. When she took the stage, she had a whole community of saints standing right beside her, all of whom had kept their lamps trimmed and burning, believing that a good testimony is better than a fairy tale a good testimony, a real testimony, a story of what life can put you through but how you can still come out on top and if you don't make it through, you know that somewhere along the line, you have already been tilling the soil so that somebody else can plant the seeds, so that somebody else can reap a harvest because you have a mindset of liberation that extends not just for you and your good, but for the good of your community. Because you're wise and you keep your lamps trimmed and burning, waiting on the bridegroom to come. All those heroes of the civil rights movement, every black person who's ever managed to have hope in this country, has been just another drop of oil in our lamps. We didn't get here by ourselves. Having our lamps filled with oil means we don't have to be dismayed by the death and the destruction and the chaos that this country thrives on. Not like those who have no hope You see, we live in an unbroken chain of community, a community of suffering and perseverance, a community that's defined not by defeat and death, but defined by resurrection, defined by the way a a human life can make a change even after they've been killed in the body. For those of us keeping our lamps trimmed and burning, we are living, not simply waiting for a second coming far away in the future. We're not resting on our laurels. We are not standing back and standing by like, like God isn't alive and active and moving in our community right now. No, we have already started the party. This is a part of the ongoing second coming of Christ that we are filled with the Spirit and represent Christ to the world, Christ's continual presence. Every time you have hope in a hopeless situation, that's the second coming. Every time you have peace that passes understanding, that's the second coming. Every time you surpass your doctor's expectations, that's the power of the second coming. That's God's wisdom. That's a little bit more oil. Well. We know there's no point in going into praise and worship if it isn't rooted in love for God. And not only love for God, but love for all of our neighbors. God doesn't even want praise and worship from people that work against justice. Justice is not just uh, it is never meant to be delayed. You might have heard justice delayed as justice denied. That's because justice has a time. Justice is supposed to come swift like the morning. Justice is supposed to roll down like waters. Justice isn't supposed to be something that you vote for once every four years and then kick back waiting on the day of the Lord. You're supposed to continue that work in perpetuity. It is supposed to flow out of who you are as a person. You are supposed to bring justice like an ever-flowing stream. The community of the cross is not a sleeping community, but one that is alive and ready for action at a moment's notice, no matter what day it is, no matter who thinks they're in charge of the world. The word of hope for us today is that the power of our community surpasses the power of death. Life scales the walls of death. Life tunnels under its defenses and ransoms us all to freedom. Death cannot break our holy communion. And I know that in our community we've lost some folks. And I know in our community that we are bound to lose some more. But I have hope today, not just in the day of the Lord, but every second of God's creation bringing life in ways that I haven't even begun to understand yet. But believing and living in the hope that God is undefeated and death doesn't have the final word. And even when each of us goes to sleep and closes our eyes for the final time, we've left behind a little oil. We've left behind a little wisdom. Just enough to get somebody in to God's party. Just enough to offer somebody a little consolation in the dark of the darkest night. And that's the power of God's wisdom. That's the power of being a part of a community that is filled with that sweet oil. I'm so glad that you, my brothers, my sisters, my siblings, are that community for me and that I am a part of that community for you. Especially in times of trial and tribulation like we have before us now, we are called to remember our values and who we are and what our hope is in. And it's in no human, in no government, but our hope is in the Lord. Who calls us to live lives of transformation and community and love that uproots the deepest strongholds of empire. So as you go forth in your day to day, don't grieve in the way the world grieves without hope but grieve with a heart that knows that all we've lost is held in the hands of a God who will not let us go. My heart is with you. We continue on. We continue on our journey into the love and the grace and the mystery of God and the cross and our liberation. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forevermore, may you be blessed with every spiritual resource you need to resist despair in the darkest night and coldest winters. If you would like to uh, offer your gifts to our ministry, I've included a link to our Tithely app, you can use to support us financially if you want to offer your gifts of prayer uh, let us know if you want to offer your gifts of, of your presence and who you are to our community please do anybody can be with us we don't, we don't have a bouncer uh, as far as I know Erica we got ushers but those aren't bouncers they're, they're, <laughs> you're welcome in uh, if you are watching this video as a recording, please do leave a comment. Let us know you were here. I always enjoy hearing uh, that you were, you were present with us because it is in the power of our community, us gathered together, that we uh, get the, 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 the uh, v- valuable spiritual resources that keep us going. This I truly believe. And I uh, am so thankful, just overwhelmingly thankful for each and every one of you. I can't say it enough. Uh, We will see you next week. And until then, may God hold you right in the palm of his hand. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning.